Welcome to another episode of Community Conversations, the podcast for those who have a heart for helping others. In this podcast, we'll speak to Anne-Maria Martin, CEO of Survivors R Us, Tony Kirshner, who is a psychotherapist, and Christine Carr, a nurse with a doctorate specialising in infectious diseases. Our guests will share how mental health is impacting individuals and families and what you can do to tell COVID-19 how to get the hell out of here. Over to you, Pietro. Welcome, everyone, to Community Conversations. So great that you could join with us. I'd like to start off the podcast by asking each of our guests a question. The question is this. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what experience around mental health have you had? I think we should start with ladies first. So how about we start with you, Anne-Maria? Hi, I'm Anne-Maria Martin. I'm from Survivors R Us. I'm the director and the founder. And uh, the reason I sent it up three years ago was I was a survivor of domestic violence. So we help men, women and children, the homeless and the unemployed uh, with counselling, food relief and all things in general that they're needing. So you're doing a great thing in the community. Yeah, definitely. What part of the community are you working with? Um, mainly with the domestic violence victims. Um, we're seeing a really impact with this COVID-19 uh, with men and women. So, yeah. Thanks for kicking us off. And Maria, how about we go to Christine? Tell us a bit about yourself, Christine, and your experience around mental health and domestic family violence. Yes, I'm currently a telephone crisis supporter with a national suicide prevention organisation, well known throughout Australia. And uh, my background is in nursing, also in uh, public health, infectious diseases. I'm quite interested in the way mental health is emerging during this pandemic. And now over to you, Tony. If you could just elaborate a little bit on your own experience and uh, a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Pete. Um, yeah, I've had many years as a psychotherapist, which I trained in down in Canberra. I was with uh, Child Protection, then went over to Mental Health, which I did most of my professional career in, in mental health down there. So a lot, of the, a lot of the things that I dealt with, a lot of the patients that I had down there, is similar to what's happening with people now with the COVID-19. Um, social isolation, agoraphobia, anxiety, depression and, and suicide. Let me get to the next question then I'll, if you could just follow through with that please, Tony. So what do you think are the biggest challenges uh, around, around mental health, especially around men in your experience? And uh, what about prior to COVID-19 when we all got into lockdown around about the 22nd, 23rd of March? The biggest problem for men is, is that we're all macho and we, we're, too, we're too proud to call out for help. So as a result, when we're in lockdown, and, and, and these are men that are on their own, tend to not call out for help. And, um, and, and, and myself, I'm included in that. I'm the last person to call out for help if, I, if I'm a bit lonely or need it. I just, just won't do it. And as a result, I've called out to a few blokes. So listen, how about we go for a cup of coffee? And some of them take a bit of coaching to get out, and they get out, and before I know it, I get a phone call saying, when are we, go, when are we going to do it again? I've had a, um, an experience down in Canberra with a uh, patient I had down there who I came, I came in contact with him when he was referred to me where he was labelled as a social isolate. So he spent 12 months in his home, never came out. And no reason, there was no, there was no lockdown at that period of time, so for various reasons he just decided he wasn't going out of the home. So my fear is, is that's what's going to happen now with the COVID-19. People are going to be forced to be locked down. When it's all over, they're not going to find a reason to come out. They're safe in their little haven. There's no work, no friends. Why bother coming out? 
and then that's when the rule issue is going to come out because one, we're not going to know about who they are or where they are and when we do it may be too late. They may need um, sort of fairly heavy medication and a lot of therapy. So you're going to see obviously some major challenges when lockdown is finally lifted? I think we, we probably should be seeing some challenges now and for, for, for blokes, those we all know somebody and we need to be able to think about who, who our mates are um, and just make a phone call, are you OK? And I'm just going to take that point and, and hand it over to Christine, who's obviously got some experience. You mentioned before in the opening that you, are, you provide telephone support. What are, the, what are some of the things that you've been, you've been dealing with? Well, the calls have certainly increased. Um, there's quite a lot of data to suggest that that, that is happening. And I'm finding uh, both male and female are um, contacting our national uh, telephone service uh, for assistance in day-to-day help with isolation, with other things that are affecting them because of COVID-19. A lot of people that have got mental health issues already are very dependent on contacting Centrelink. It's really difficult for them because a lot of them are not used to doing things online, even being on the phone for any length of time talking about their private issues. Let's move on to another question. I'm going to start with you, Amaria. Are you seeing an acceleration of anxiety or depression amongst the male and female populations? And what has been what has been your experience, I guess, in the in the role that you have in Survivors or Us around that cohort? Yeah, we're definitely seeing more anxiety and depression. Uh, we've got cases at the moment where people are just not coping with COVID nineteen. Um, so we're finding they're not answering their phones. You know, we'll be doing a telephone call um, to check on their well being, and they're not answering their calls. So we're constantly, you know, texting them and trying to find out are they okay. Um, yeah, a lot of them are isolating themselves more than what they should be. We're, we're trying to reach out to try and make them feel better um, and, you know, talk about what they're going through and how to cope with it. But they're really, they're really doing it tough out there at the moment. Thank you, Anne-Maria. Wellbeing is obviously an area that you as a crisis support worker and other areas experiences that you've had, Christine. Could you maybe elaborate or share with us about some of the, some of the challenges that people have had with their own wellbeing? being in this isolated period? I've had several callers who have called and said, I don't know what's going to happen to me, whether I'm going to revert back to how I was and all that good counselling that I've had is going to go for naught or, you know, will I survive this by by the time we're allowed to socialise again? So I think people need to understand that people are in different um, stages um, of mental health and uh, s- some are recovering and some have recovered and even if you've just recovered from from depression and anxiety and you're on the road to recovery something like um, being isolated with COVID-19 restrictions um, will set those people back. How long have you been with the uh, service? I've been with the service for 12 months. So has there been an increase? There has been an increase but what we, what I find is that um, the calls I'm getting uh, are taking longer because people want to talk more. I, I guess you could say the calls are more intense than they were before COVID-19. Um, Christine mentioned before about the word hopelessness, also picked up the words isolation and loneliness. Loneliness obviously are the, some of the triggers that might put people into a, a mental health um, spiral, downward spiral. I'd like to ask this question, what advice can you give to our listening audience 
who might be listening right now, who might be feeling isolated, lonely, um, and just a sense of hopelessness. What what hope can you give to persons that are that might be in that situation, even as we speak? This is not going to go on forever. It has to stop. It, it will. It will stop. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we all have someone we can reach out to. There's not. I don't believe there is anybody. There's no one out there that ha- that knows nobody. There is someone that you can know. Even if you have to ring Lifeline just to hear a voice at the other end of the phone, sometimes that can be enough to get you going for another 24 hours. And even if every 24 hours you have to ring Lifeline just to connect with the world, I think I think is great. Um, there's 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 simple things that we are allowed to do. We are allowed to exercise. We are allowed to get out and go for walks and fresh air. And sometimes going down one of the public areas like Warner's Bay, you don't actually have to stop and talk to someone, but sometimes just walking through people and saying, G'day, how you going? G'day, how you going? It's great. And let's 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 lead over to you, Anne Maria. So what would you be telling our listening audience for those that are feeling overwhelmed, isolated, a sense of hopelessness? These are these are people that you're seeing every day. Can you just share your experience with us? Make sure that you're communicating. Make sure, even if it's talking over the fence to your neighbour, you know, just checking, are you okay? Um, look, just even at our facility, when we have people come in, we just check how they're going, you know, ask them how the day's going. You know, um, it's just, that's the main thing, communication, I think. As you say, it's not going to last forever, but I think communications is the biggest thing. Let's just talk about communication for a moment, Anne-Maria. Look, we, we, a lot of people have communicated prior to COVID-19 on social media, right? Yeah. But there hasn't been too many people that have just picked up the phone and go, hey, Pietro, how you doing, mate? How's it going for you? Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, when we talk about communication, let's just, let's just bring it down a bit. What, what do you actually mean by communicating? Well, I can actually give you an example of that, a personal one. Um, Just before COVID came in and we were all put into lockdown, um, my beautiful dad was put in a nursing home. And so he was put in on the Tuesday and Wednesday, they locked it down and we couldn't see him or that. So he was feeling very isolated and his mental health went really down. Um, It's it's really hard. That's the sort of communication. Don't you know, you've got a lot of old people out there that can't get out and about. Um, So I think we need to be picking up the phone like we used to in the olden days. I'm showing my age here. Um, but, yeah, because that's what we used to do. We used to call our parents. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie. I've got a question for you, Christine. Um, this is around your uh, experience in uh, back in a developing nation, um, Sierra Leone, obviously in, in the continent of Africa, uh, where you're obviously an expert in, in infectious diseases and the community around that. Obviously, there's a significant amount of mental health and What's been from your experiences back in uh, however long that ago that was, a few years ago now, um, how does what you experienced dovetail into what might be experiencing today here in, here in Australia? I worked in an Ebola treatment centre in 2015 in Sierra Leone. I was a team leader of a team of 30. All the people in my team were Sierra Leoneans. I worked with them for three months so they were coming back from their villages telling us exactly what was going on in the villages and the mental health issues that were happening. There was a lot of stigma from Ebola and people were scared that they were going to get it or someone was going to give it to them. The mental health issues are are very similar in the community. It's through fear, it's through stigma, it's through blame, blaming people. That is, is quite strange when you think about 
you know, why would they blame this person for the disease? We've seen some of the Chinese people being blamed in Australia for what happened with COVID-19. So there's a lot of issues because of fear. That's what it comes down to. And that's where mental health comes into it too, because depression and anxiety uh, is grown from fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of contracting a disease, fear of isolation, fear of not being accepted. And the isolation that we're seeing now is very typical any area in, in the world where there's infectious diseases and thing, schools, universities, sports, all, all the gathering places are shut down and, and people are fearful and they wonder how they're going to get back on their feet. And we're going to have to all pull together and see the, the, the good positive things in the community so that we can actually pass this area and get to a better place. Some excellent thoughts that you've actually shared with us all uh, in our podcast today, Christine, in relation to your, your experiences. I, I did only read an article myself recently regarding the passengers of the, uh, of the cruise ship um, and many of those people actually lived in uh, regional parts of Australia and there are some stigma, you talked about stigma and some, uh, some fear that obviously other persons in the small country town had felt by those persons now returning and actually giving them the big wild birth, treating to some degree like a leper. You know, exactly. we, don't want, we don't want nothing to do with you because you're the person that's going to be bringing in this virus. So I think fear and obviously the, um, I guess, one way of um, overcoming fear is what? Through education, through, through having some facts. I know that our federal government has put together the, the COVID Safe app, which many of us, uh, I myself, have downloaded. And I think uh, if it's going to help uh, fellow Australians, um, you know, uh, to be protected, I think that's a good thing. That leads us to... Some positives. Let's end our podcast on a positive. I've got a question for all of you, which is this. What do you feel are some of the positives that have come about from COVID-19 lockdown, Tony? I know one of the big positives that um, I've heard from a lot of people, and my family have certainly have done that, done this, is it's given us or forced us to um, do that spring clean outside the springtime. And we're throwing away a lot of clutter. And, and clutter does bring you down. When you've got a lot of things in the in the home, it does it can bring you down. Um, and, and one of the things that uh, even found today was as we're going through some things, come across a photo album uh, we haven't seen for a long time. So you're going through that, and you and you and you're coming together as a family, remembering some of those really fun times, which is which it is. It is really really good. Um, I have spoken to a couple of men who have said they're actually finding out who this other person in the house is. It's my wife. What a lovely lady she is. Jeez, I'm glad I married her. <laughs> and which is really positive. I mean, obviously there are some negative things where some of them, you know, wonder why they did get married. But overall, there, there are a lot that, that are saying it's quite good. They connect. We're connecting with our kids a lot more um, because we don't have much choice. We either get along or we don't get along. And getting along is obviously is, is a lot better. Um, I have been told on um, by a few people they're they're actually been saving money. They've got money in the bank because there's nowhere to go for that cup of coffee and and um, you know that that uh, go to the food hall and spend spend a fortune. Um, so yeah, in that sense, it's been it's been really really good. So, what have been some of the positives that you've seen 
and Maria. Families having dinner together. That is mm. a huge one because how many times when you've got husbands and wives working or partners and you don't all get to sit down at the dinner table and have dinner together, so now they can. Um, and that's a really positive thing because they can talk about what's going on in their life. I know we're all together, but, you know, they can talk about it. The other thing is playing games like you used to do in my era, I'll say, you know, Scrabble or anything like that, just things that we don't seem to do anymore. We're always too busy in our lifestyle doing whatever, running here or running there, but we don't take the time as a family unit to stay together. So I think if anything out of COVID-19, it's brought families together more. Over to you, Christine. I'd have to say it'd be um, creativity. Um, people learning to do different things a different way. We've all got creative talents that uh, probably go under the radar most of the time and now we've got time to spend on those things and I just hope that we continue to use those talents and the connections that we're making with our families well into post-COVID-19 era. Yeah, I'm also seeing that um, you know, we're all obviously washing our hands a lot more and using the personal hygiene that we maybe uh, you know, have been a little bit lax on. Uh, hopefully that might even um, bring down the, um, you know, the amount of other infections that we possibly are avoiding by actually look, uh, taking care of ourselves. I would like to thank our very special guests today. I'd like to thank Christine Carr and Maria Martin and Tony Kirshner for, uh, for your input today on Community Conversations, which is a podcast for people that have a heart of helping others. Today, I'd like to also thank our executive producer, Michael Smith. And remember, be kind to one another. If there's anything about our podcast today that has caused you distress, please reach out to some of those services that we have mentioned, including Lifeline on 13114. And I am Pietro Di Girolamo, and we'll look forward to seeing and speaking to you next time. Have a great day.